0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, John the Pong Thompson, 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in in. from the red corner, big Sean McCarthy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for another edition of the Weighing In podcast. We are back and it is our midweek show and we're here to talk about The big-time Bellator coming up on April 2nd. Patricio Pitbull Ferrer against Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez for the featherweight strap and the right to face A.J. McKee in the featherweight Grand Prix Finals. We have got a lot to talk about when it comes to Bellator. We got a lot to talk about when it comes to the UFC. If you have been listening to us, we thank you for coming and coming back to us and listening again and if you are a new subscriber be sure that you ring that bell up there tell everyone that you have now found the greatest mma podcast in the world and you get to listen to the real punk josh thompson who's coming up right now crowd goes
1: wild ah, ah. go ahead let me introduce podcast Day. podcast Day.
0: boo boo oh man See? <laughs> no boost
1: I love it. I love it. Boo. No. <laughs> and our man right here, the man, the myth, the legend, big John McCarthy. McCarthy. Ugly as ever. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, hey, let's jump right into this main event. I think the Emmanuel Sanchez and uh, Patricio Pitbull. You guys, <clears throat> I will oh, I will continue to say this. Patricio Pitbull right now is the best featherweight in the world. You guys can tell me Max Holloway. You guys can tell me uh, whoever else. Golovinovsky, Normal- Brian Ortega. Yeah, you guys don't normally come to me with Max, but the problem is, those Max not even the best in his own company. Okay, so I want we we've got to bypass that. I, don't get me wrong, Max is a stud, and if he fought the way he fought uh, his last fight, like nobody he, beats him. Nobody beats him. And I can say that we can we can agree on that, big John. You and I. I'm the first uh, one to say it. Yeah, nobody beats him. But like Volkanovsky said, he doesn't look like that in front of me. So it, Styles make matchups. It's true, right? Max nice. like that in front of him and they fought twice. Don't get me wrong, I thought Max won uh one of them. The second uh, one it was a close in the in the first one was close. The second one I thought Max won. Didn't win. Um <clears throat> But overall, to me, Patricio stylistically is a very good matchup against Volkanovsky. But let's talk about Emmanuel Sanchez. This fight to me is round six.
0: Well, it is round six.
1: Round six. They went five rounds before. Uh, Emmanuel started coming on in the fourth and the fifth, started laying some heavy leather, started putting some some, uh, combinations, everything together, making Patricio fight a fight that he was uncomfortable with. But since then... Patricio has matured as a fighter. Patricio has gotten, he seemed like he's developed a better fight IQ. Now, if I don't know, I don't know if that's because of all the work that he's done with uh, guys like Eric Albertson and Henry Cejudo and just gathering his team at the Pitbull Brothers uh, gym there in the location. He's got a lot of top guys that have gotten a lot better. Hego's gotten better. Um, You know, some other guys that are out of there, they're all getting a lot better. So something's going on in that camp that's really got fighters fighting at a better um, fight IQ. He has just matured. I think he's, excuse me, coming to his own, and he's really matured. I, I, don't, I don't know outside of a Mayo just putting such a pace and making him feel uncomfortable, but that, to me, puts a in a lot of danger. When you have someone, and we saw last weekend with Stipe and Nganu. When the person who is, who's normally in control is able to fight at a, or has the power, is able to fight at a composed pace, it's dangerous. And we saw that with Ngannou, and we've seen that several times with Patricio. If he can stay at a composed, in his composed pace and a composed temper, okay, keep his temper under control where he just likes to stand in front of an exchange, where if he can just keep that pace and, and keep that distance and that range, the way he has his his stance, his uh, bouncing in and out, making sure that he's not overcommitting on things, his speed and his power together, he's nasty good. Nasty good. But Emmanuel Sanchez is really good as well.
0: Emmanuel Sanchez is a stud. Let's just get this straight. You're talking about a guy who mentally is as strong as you will find in the fight game. He has got zero quit. He will, he will die before he ever gives in. He's never been stopped in a fight. He's lost by decision, lost to Pitbull by decision. But you look at the, you're going into that fifth round of that fight, the, and, and you're right about one thing here. The, that fight was decided by power. It was the power shots that Pitbull was able to land that at times hurt Sanchez and made him have to recover. And the judges seeing that, That was the big difference in that fight. He's got to avoid allowing that power to have an impact in this fight like it did in their first matchup. But he's a different fighter too. I will give it to Pitbull. Pitbull is better now than he was even when he fought Sanchez then. And it is based upon, here's a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a chip on his shoulder for a lot of things. All right. He doesn't believe he gets the the respect that he deserves He's always calling out people saying, I'll fight anybody, and he will, and you got to love that about Pitbull. But when he's outside of the cage, he's very volatile, and it used to be when he went into the cage, he carried that same mentality, that same volatility, and that sometimes worked against him because he wouldn't do smart things. Now he is fighting within himself. He waits. He controls the position of the fight, and he he makes you come to him, and when he decides he's going to do something, that's when he explodes and he's got incredible power. But Sanchez does have the ability, Josh, you know it, to carry this fight at a pace that could make Pitbull become gas, make him tired. It's not that Pitbull's not in shape. He is. But anytime you are running your car at an RPM that is too much for it, and it's running in the red zone for too long, it starts to to have problems. and It starts to sputter. And that's what Emmanuel Sanchez can do in this fight. He can push this pace, but he's got to be careful because by pushing the pace, you've got to put yourself into positions where Pitbull can unleash that power like you're talking about with Francis Ngannou and his victory against Stipe. Anytime you're fighting a guy that can hit that hard, they can put you out. You you know it, and you go, okay, it can happen, but he's got to make it happen because I'm going to go after him. And I I think that's what we're going to see with Emmanuel Sanchez.
1: Patricio's an F1 or uh, f- what Formula 1 car. That guy can run <laughs> can all damn day if he wants. I mean, yeah, look, when guys are fast, they hit hard and explosive like Patricio is, they do tend to, to kind of slow down as the fight goes on. Like, but the one thing that he didn't do as well in the first fight that I think he's going to do a lot better this fight is wrestle. He's, ga- he's gotten so much better in wrestling. working with henry cejudo and other top guys in wrestling is eric albertson working with them as well getting better on the mat and on control and i've had like i've said several times i've had opportunity to grapple with him and he's a stump he's hard to move his legs are strong he's got good he's got a couple good sweeps from the bottom to get to the top position he does a lot of it from trying to snap the head into that arm and guillotine remember he's not tall So I've trained with a lot of guys like him, Justin Wilcox. If they get on your head, even when they're on their butt, they just stand right up with you because they don't have very far to go. And he's flexible enough to tuck his heels up underneath his butt and stand up. And we know if he gets on that head and arm, even from the seated position, he'll either sit back into you and finish the arm and guillotine, or he'll stand up and then maybe re-jump it as he adjusts. Or he'll make space and try to land the the knockout punch. He's got all the tools. I really feel like what he's gonna do is he's gonna stop Emmao Sanchez from putting too much pressure by taking him down. He's gonna control that top position. He knows that the submission threat is there by Emmao because Sanchez Sanchez's grappling has gotten really good. But he was good off of his back from before when they first fought. So he has to stay out of the guard. But his game now, I think, under Lovato Jr. will be a little bit more of the half guard game. Get back to your feet. Try to get back up as fast as you can to keep to be able to keep pushing that pace on the feet versus before it was more like let's hang out and guard and let's try and hit arm bars and triangles and all those things i think if his, his jiu-jitsu game has changed a little bit like we have seen with lovato jr's game where it's the half guard lucas lage kind of half guard sweep get back to your feet or sweep you all the way through to stay out top position that could be very dangerous against patricio
0: no it, it can but you've got to you've got to look and say how do how do i win this fight and if you're Sanchez, you go, I got to be in his grill. I got I to force him into my type of fight. I've looked at what he's done since we fought. And, and you can go back and look at the list and the people he's fought. And everything that he's done has been that he started to become more controlling, less aggressive, actually waiting in the center, taking the center of the cage. Now, look, he knocked out Chandler, you know, since that time. He's knocked out Pedro Carvalho in the time. He he went the distance with Archuleta, but dominated the fight. But all of them, he grabbed the center of the cage and said, come to me. And as you come to me, that's what I'm going to do my thing. That's what happened with the Chandler fight. That's what happened the entire time with Archuleta. He has got to be in the mindset. I've got to push this guy out of his comfort zone. If he's comfortable in the fight. He's usually winning the fight.
1: Yeah, that's the truth. I I think he has learned so much over the years. Look, he doesn't need to go chasing after someone to get a fight. Emmanuel Center is going to bring that fight to him. He'll be right there to fight. But him trying to push too much of the pace is going to make it easier for Patricio to get the takedowns.
0: Well, it can lead to mistakes.
1: Yeah. And if he leaves himself open in a big counter, it could be lights out. Or it can be an easy takedown. And an easy takedown means you're losing minute by minute on the ground. Look, I'm not saying Emmanuel Sanchez doesn't have a chance. I think he does. I think he has a great chance. Oh, yeah. Outside of A.J. McKee, there was nobody else in this tournament that I thought was going to beat him, that was going to beat Patricio. Except for Emmanuel Sanchez, he'd be the only other person I would say that would give him a run for his money. I mean, it really just comes down to, can Emmanuel implement his game plan without leaving himself exposed too much to be either being taken down or knocked out? And I think he can, he's just got to stay composed like he did with Daniel Weishel. What a great fight that was. And then with Patricio, he's, he's got to make sure that he switches that, that, that mentality of like I've already beat this guy because I really believe a Sanchez is going to come in thinking this is just round six. You know, this, we never finished the first fight. We're still on. And so he's just going to jump right into it and understanding that I've already been hit by you. It's nothing nothing I haven't seen before. And he's going to just jump right into it. Let's go. So it's it's up to Patricio to stay composed, fight at a good pace, control the distance, make him respect you with big shots, and get the take the easy takedowns. Don't fight too hard for him. Get easy takedowns. Control the top position.
0: There are going so, to be no easy takedowns. None. Be, <laughs> it will be easy. For
1: him. <laughs> I, I just think his level of wrestling gotten so much better since working with Henry Sudo.
0: It has. There's no doubt it's improved a lot. And, uh, you know, he's very, he's very comfortable in a lot of areas and he's very confident in his, in his guillotine attack, his arm in guillotine, he'll, he'll jump to it. If he grabs your neck and he gets it, his arm set where he wants it, he'll jump to, he'll jump to guard knowing you're not going to pull your head out. I'm going to squeeze it to the point you're going to go unconscious. So he's got a, He's got a ton of weapons. That's why he is, as you say, one of the best featherweights in the world. And at no, no, this I, moment, maybe the very best, I he was the best right now. Yeah right
1: now just said that (laughs) uh okay Usman Nurmagomedov Khabib's cousin is fighting Mike Hamill
0: oh I love Mike Hamill Mike Hamill's a gamer he is a tough country boy I think he's I think he's from Wisconsin originally but lives in Arizona now but man he's just balls tough he's just going against a guy who's really skilled I will tell you man Usman I've been watching all of his fights he loves the stand-up game. He loves to pick you apart on the feet. But when he, when he decides, because he usually it's not that he takes you down, he knocks you down, and then he decides, okay, I'll go to the ground with you. And he's super heavy on top, and he does just beautiful hip in hard positioning. He postures. He brings down big heavy shots, and he ends fights. He's undefeated. He's freaking unbelievable. I think with seven KOs, he's gone to decision one time, one time in his entire career. So he is the real deal. He's good. And Mike Hamill is going to have his hands full, but Mike Hamill came in on a one week notice, fought Adam Borch and fought him incredibly well, put in a hell of a performance. So just going off of that, I expect big things out of Hamill. I'm not saying he's the favorite to win this fight. He's not. Usman is definitely the guy I would pick to win it. But Hamill's going to give him everything that Usman can handle.
1: When Mike Hamill fought Adam Borch, I was like, oh, Adam's tough. And then I, yeah. I started watching the fight. I was like, wow, Hamill's having some success with a lot of good stuff. But the difference is, is that Adam Borch is not Usman.
0: <laughs> <When you're, Yeah. laughs>
1: there is a huge Three. size discrepancy. Like, Usman's yes, guy. If you put Usman next to the other Kamaru Usman, Usman and Magomedov is at the same size, if not a little bit better. Or not bigger, I mean. Bigger. And the and different weight classes. One's at 155 and one's at 170. So when you're comparing the two, it's it's like Adam Boris is not that big. I mean, he's tall, he's long for 145, he is, but he's he's not a 170 pounder. Like Usman could potentially be a 170-pounder. And so uh Mike Camel, he's got his hands full. He's got his hands full.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Well, yeah, this is Usman's Bellator debut. He's coming in with, you know, a lot. If you're if you're just gonna just carrying the name of Nurmagomedov now in MMA, is not an easy thing to do based upon the performance of not just one guy. Now everybody that's got that name that's associated being a brother or cousin or someone, you know, you got Umar, you got Usman. They're both undefeated, 13-0, 11-0. You know, could be be was 29 and oh, so not any easy. It's kind of like, it's almost become the the new Gracie as far as with MMA. You got the name Nurmagomedov. People are going, who am I fighting? Just the name. They're going, I'm not too sure about that one. So it's going to be, it'll be interesting. It'll really be interesting to see how Usman handles uh, the pressure of coming into a new promotion, being under the lights, being with, you know, uh, Showtime and everything. I don't think it'll affect him at all, but sometimes it does. And we'll see. Do you think the no crowd will uh, make it easier? I think it makes it just incredibly for, for a first time guy, so much easier when you're going into that promotion and this is your first time in that promotion and there's no crowd. I think it makes your life so much easier.
1: Do you think it makes it easier when you're, when you're winning? Yes, do you think losing, and you can hear the announcers saying that you're not winning?
0: What does that make? That, that's gonna make more. Th- no, you know everything. You can hear your coaches. You can, you can, you don't have the crowd, which sometimes, and you, you know, even as you know, a fighter that was very mature in what you did, but there were times when you heard the crowd and you heard them boo or something like that. You're like, you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck, man? What, what do you want from me? It can get in your head. And as a young fighter coming into a new promotion, you want to, you want to put on a show. You want to be, you know, uh, very exciting. You want to be, have that, you know, spectacular finish. You want people to talk about you. It's great to have the crowd when you're doing those things. But when you're, when it's not that way, it's nice to just ease into that new promotion, come in, just fight your fight and then say, ah, I've been there, done that. And now I go on to the next.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think um, the guys with that last name though have a hard time adjusting to <laughs> crowds and energy and silence and training. I think it's just something that they do on a daily basis that just makes them. They just come in, get their work done, and go back to their life. Yeah, that's you know that's the feeling and vibe I've always gotten from uh, being around them. Uh, naming Gracie and Jason Jackson to me, this is going to be one of the most exciting fights of the night outside of the Patricio Nomeo Sanchez fight.
0: This is one that uh, I look at. Yeah, you know, you look and say, well, if it's on the feet, Jason Jackson has the advantage. If it's on the ground, Neiman Gracie has the advantage. Jason Jackson is just such a good guy. I mean, he does everything right. When you look at the way he lives his life, this guy works his ass off. He's got all these different jobs. He's got different companies. He's, you know, always talking, man, I got got to feed my kids, man. I I got to work. He's always at the gym. He never takes time off. And. Anytime they ask him to fight, his only answer is yes. He will fight anybody, anywhere. I love Jason Jackson. I think he's just a hell of a fighter. In the stand up, he's good. He's long, he's ranging. And you look at his last fight was against Jordan Mean. I got I love Jordan. I've known him for a long time, and Jordan is a good fighter. And Jason pieced him up. He fought John. What's that?
1: Benson Henderson last.
0: Oh, that's right. He came back and fought Benson quick, but So Jordan mean, and then Benson Henderson, man, And you're looking, you go, he's just getting better and better, you know, and and you know, you fought Benson. Benson is a guy that it's hard to look good against him because he does everything well and he doesn't give you a lot of looks and things. Jason looked good against him. He's, you know, he won every round of that fight. So I just look at Jason Jackson. He's fun to watch. He's exciting in the stand-up. He just needs to stay off of his back against Neiman Gracie. he ends up on his back, then he's going to have problems. Yeah, he's
1: also got to make sure that he has Neiman Gracie's back to the fence. Yeah. If he has his back to the fence, Neiman's very very good at getting the double unders or the underhooks and the over-under, and they kind of tripping you down and getting you down.
0: Yeah, like, he goes to a body lock a lot.
1: Yeah, he does. He does. He's not a traditional like shoot a double leg. He's not that guy. He'll punch his way into the clinch and try and outside trip you or he'll try and like just kind of tilt you a little bit and drag you down. He'll do whatever it takes to get you to the ground. But um, he's not the traditional like wrestling style. He's that Gracie style of like takedown, you know, it's not unless you're going to pull to his butt. He doesn't do that either, though. But I would say, honestly, he's the one kind of holding the name, the Gracie name up right now in the whole sport. I mean, he's so talented, so good. His one loss is to Rory McDonald. He's looked absolutely phenomenal um, since losing to Roy. He also was looking great up until then. But that was a big fight in his career to real, for him to realize, I think, that, hey, I'm really good at this. and I'm <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, realistically, like, it comes down to young fighters like himself. I mean, I know that he's 32 years old, but he's still, he's still young in the sport. And so at 32, he's probably thinking like up until the Rory fight, like, okay, am I am, am I good or am I not? And then he fights for McDonald and has a great fight against him. He doesn't get the win, but okay, look, I can do this. Yeah. That's what it takes sometimes for young fighters and that are young in their career to go, I can get this done. I can do that. I can all I gotta do is just spend a little bit more time focusing on this, this, and this. And I can be I could end up being champion. And so um I'm excited for him because this is a big fight. And I think the winner of this will probably get the winner of uh, Lima and Amasov, I believe Amasov is getting the next title shot being 25 or 26 and 0. I think he's 25 and 0. 25 and 0 now. I think he'll he might be next in line for a title shot. So he'll probably the winner of this will probably get the winner of that title shot. Uh, whenever that fight gets booked and, and scheduled, but absolutely phenomenal.
0: Uh, fight. I'm excited. This will this fight has me pumped. Yeah, I I believe that Neiman Gracie has. I don't want to say yeah, Crone Gracie is. Unbelievable on the ground, yeah. But MMA style of jujitsu neiman neiman is as good as anybody. You know, he is good with leg locks, he's got serious chokes when we're talking. You know, his rear naked is good, his arm triangle is good. He's just when he gets the top position, you go, This is not gonna this is not gonna be good for his opponent. He finishes people, he is that guy. You know, it's not that. Oh, he his jujitsu doesn't transfer over. It transfers over so well, and he's so dangerous there. He's such a good guy, man. He's just fun to be around. He's he's just happy to be a fighter, and you gotta love when a guy is just. I just love doing what I do. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, very true.
1: Uh, is there any other fights on this card? Look, I want I want everyone to understand. When you guys, when we get done talking about this card. There's three fights, three Friday nights in a row that Bellator's on. And I'm just going to ask you guys, if you guys have never watched Bellator, you guys that don't, don't watch any other MMA, this will be the three cards that you guys should really jump into. And especially the one on May 7th, because we're going to talk later, is that the Rumble and Yoel fight got pushed to that. Um, I think um, one of them really got sick or got the flu or something like that. So they had to push it back just to make sure that it was a, it was a fair fight. No one, you know, make sure
0: everyone was recovered and had a full camp. So, um, but i the best, the best thing for everyone tune into Bellator on Showtime. All you got to do is turn to the Showtime channel. I know it's a premium channel. I know you have to pay for it. You don't, they're going to give it to you. All of a sudden your TV is going to work on Showtime and you can watch the fights for free. Yeah. So
1: give it a try. I know we, we sit here and talk about these fighters and you guys continue to say like, Hey, you know, Bellator, this Bellator, that UFC, this UFC, that. But I we have talked about this for the longest time. Michael Chandler had success in Bell in the UFC. He was one of the better fighters in in Bellator history, and he's gonna—he'll probably end up being the UFC champion. And so we wanted to let everybody know that there's not there's not much of a difference between the top guys in Bellator and the top guys in the UFC. They just have more of them because they have a way bigger roster. So if you guys are into MMA, if you guys are into watching fights, like this is the first—I would say these next four fights, but this next three weeks. Give him a chance, man. Give him an opportunity. Sit down and watch the main cards. And there's there's gonna be some good prelim fights as well. Uh, like I'll give you an example: C.J. Hamilton and Magomed Magomedov. Magomedov oh. is the only fighter to beat Peter Yan outside of Aljo now after the legal knee. But up until then, he was the only guy to beat him. But he was also the only guy that Peter Yan lost. Uh, Peter Yan uh, or Magomed lost to was Peter Yan. So they are one and one. So seeing how good that Peter Yan is, Magomed also is the guy that has the one win over him. Other guys on this card that are very good. Tyrell fortune, absolutely phenomenal wrestler, good stand-up, good boxing. Roger Huerta is actually back. I know that he is he's older, hasn't got a win in a while, but he is also back. Mandel Naval is
0: but, very explosive. But Roger Huerta is going against Chris Gonzalez. Chris Gonzalez on from the national team of Greco-Roman wrestling and has really turned into he's been training at you know team alpha male. He uh he's turned into a hell of an MMA fighter. His last fight against tokoff was good so know, and so that's he's a guy he's on the rise roger's got his hands full unfortunately roger in, in this position might kind of be the gatekeeper
1: yeah the pro- the problem is uh chris gonzalez they, when he fought tokoff i i was trying to explain the wrestling takedowns in transition and they were happening so fast i couldn't get them out of my mouth fast enough it was like, yeah, he went for the single. Oh, he fit the double. Then he uh, goes. He
0: switched. He chained everything together back and forth. Oh,
1: it was some of the best wrestling in a fight I've ever seen. It was awesome, absolutely great stuff, man. So you've got Ali Holland Lara also fighting uh, Kana Watanabe. So the Kana uh, is her first fight in Bellator history. First no, of-
0: second actually. Come on, she was here. She wasn't a Bellator fighter, but she fought in the Bellator show against Joanny. Yeah, the one that we had in Japan. So this is her actual second fight in Bellator, but her first fight as a Bellator fighter. But she's—we're talking about you know an Olympic judo player. She is strong, Josh. I have physically, she is strong. if she gets this fight to the ground, is on top. She is going to be mauling Laura in that position. We'll see. We'll see. Lara's on top. Not a good idea. I didn't say that's different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, good stuff, man. I Like I said, these next three cards and then four now that you're, you're Romero and Anthony Johnson got pumped out to, that, to May. Uh, these next four cards, man, they're stacked. So if you guys are into MMA and you guys really are looking outside of just the UFC, these are the four cards to watch. If you guys don't like it after that, okay, fine. I get it. I understand. Whatever. You guys gave it a try, but give it an honest try, man. These guys, these fights and these cards that are coming up are absolutely phenomenal.
0: It is a sport called MMA. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I love what the UFC did in marketing themselves to where people think the UFC is the sport. They're not. Just being as honest as I can be, it's the sport of MMA, and there are unbelievable fighters everywhere. Everywhere that are not in the ufc right now they can't have them all it's impossible um
1: all right well let's get into the into the rankings please
0: let's go podcast i don't know if i want to go on these <laughs> i got to get in trouble <laughs> john we're here yes to, we're here to tell the truth and speak our minds <laughs> the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help me god yeah. got it i've said that before do you know what media decided these
1: uh, i think it's all anonymous right we're not really
0: it's media yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right so we're, we're, what are we doing are the men are we doing the men's power for pound or are we going to go through the weight classes first
1: let's go you want to do power pound at the end
0: yeah i would say power for pound is at the end come on
1: let's, see. let's let's scroll up to the uh the men's one what was that 125 yeah. yeah or 135 yes yeah, right there 135 all right, so Juan obviously being the champ, he'll be number, he'll be champion status, and then number one be Sergius Pettis because he is fighting him next for the title. Okay. You disagree with any of those? Absolutely
0: I disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's, be, let's just be honest. If you're going to say Juan Archuleta, the champion, he's number one. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. You're going to say Sergio Pettis, number one. Got it. That makes sense. He's the challenger coming up the next when you look at who's the best out of all these guys if they matched up the hardest fight in there is magomed magomedov yeah i have watched him fight i've refed him he is a monster he should be number two just telling you
1: so i go back because we're going to get in like Corey anderson's ranked high as well in one of these i'm like with one fight
0: in in bellator you do, do you base it off of? I don't, I don't care how many fights you've had in a promotion. Michael Chandler has had one fight in the UFC and he's going to fight for the title. Is that right or is it wrong? It's right. That's right. Okay. So then why is it that if you've had one fight that you can't be ranked a little higher? Bullshit. It's how good are you? Yeah. How good of a fighter are you? That's where your ranking should be.
1: I got you. No, I'm just, I'm just asking because I know people at home are going to ask the same questions that we're asking that I'm asking you right now. I'm playing devil's advocate right now, just to basically for all the people. Cause I actually got, a, I actually got a DM from a couple of people saying, Hey, can you ask, can you, would you guys be offended if I sent any questions that maybe seem stupid and dumb? I'm like, no, just send them in. Like, you know, so when it came down to why would these guys be ranked, you know, um, why, why aren't they ranked higher? Because I felt like, well, maybe because they only had one fight. No, they should be ranked higher. If you're talking their actual credentials, Coriano should be ranked higher. Magomed Magomedov should be ranked higher. If you talk about the credentials and their abilities, they should be higher. Michael Chandler being ranked as high as he is after the hooker thing and fighting for the title. because of the credentials of it all, of his yeah. career. You look in the past of what he's done, and you, like, you put him up there. The same thing with this guy, Magomed Magomedov. You put him up there. He should be number two. Now, I would put Patchy Mix number three, Stotts
0: four. I lo- and I love, I love Patchy Mix, and I love Rafael Stotts. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch because he's good everywhere. But you got to be honest and say, man, this is not about how many times you fought in the UFC or you fought in Bellator. This is about how good of a fighter are you and where do you belong on this list? And right now, if, if as simple as it gets, if they put Magomed Magomedov in a fight against Patchy Mix who's number 2 right now, who do you believe is the favorite in that fight?
1: Oh, I would think it would be Magomedov.
0: Then why would Patchy Mix be the guy that that right now is ahead of him? It just doesn't that's what you're looking at saying, that's the guy that would be the favorite in the fight. That means that you're saying that he's probably going to win that fight. Now it doesn't mean that he will, Patchy could beat him. But right now you're looking at saying that why would he be five? He shouldn't be five. He should be above it. That's be honest. I see
1: the most though is Patchy and him because Apache's grappling and the size of Apache Mix and this you know and long lanky Magomedov. you know, like I would like to see that fight happen.
0: So would I. Like, but we get to see James Gallagher and Patchy Mix, which I think is gonna be a fun fight to watch, especially with the way they both compete on the ground. And they're they, they're just different, but they're gonna match up really well. They both talk shit. <laughs> oh they both talk shit <laughs> both beautiful
1: yeah so that would be our one change in that in that
0: division there let's go to featherweight no that's not my one change oh, what else you got okay the other one i'm gonna change is i like where the, you know josh hill and leandro Hegel, all that stuff jornell lugo at five and zero. Oh, he's good he's really good he's he's better than 10 but he's gonna prove that and he's got time to prove it because he's a young fighter but he belongs higher so we're at though I would say I would put Jornel Lugo right now probably at number eight. Above Caspell or below Caspell? Above Caspell. He would be eight. I would move Caspell down to nine and Franz would be down at number 10. Got it. I can get behind that. Okay. Get behind that. All right. Let's go to the next. I feel better.
1: <laughs> Glad you got the approval from Josh Thompson. Ah, <laughs> uh. uh, Patricio. Is a champ A.J. McKee, number one, Emmanuel Sanchez, number two, Adam Boris number three. Those three for sure all deserve to be right there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I would put Daniel Weichel ahead of Pedro Cavallo.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thank you. And then I would, I would probably keep, I don't know, man. I got to tell you, J.J. Wilson's very impressive.
0: Oh, J.J. Wilson is good.
1: And so in that mix, I just don't know stylistically he can beat Aaron Pico.
0: I would tell you Mads Burnell and everyone's going to be able to see Mads Burnell because he is fighting on April 2nd. So if you tune in, you will see Mads Burnell. Mads Burnell fought in the UFC. This guy is good everywhere. He technically is a solid fighter everywhere. He may not be the greatest athlete in the world, but man, technique wise and the way he goes after this this guy's got four, four, Josh, four Japanese necktie victories. Yeah, yeah. He is the Japanese necktie king. He goes after that thing and just puts you in a squeeze where your neck is getting cranked. He's good, and he does not belong at number 10. He should be higher.
1: Yeah, I trained with him at uh, Extreme Coutures um, after, kind of like after the Patricio or Patricio fight. And I was just there visiting and was training, went into the gym to kind of play some visits and just get some rounds in. And he caught me in that Japanese necktie. <laughs> if he will. He's That's- good at it. Well, I have a good, like, I do the half guard sweep from that position. Yeah. He kind of bait you to get there so he can hit you in that Japanese necktie. But it's impressive. I was able to get out of it, like, three or four times. And then finally, as I got fat and just tired, he got me. <laughs> he got me, man. He got me. Uh, but it was tight the first three or four times, too. He tried to catch me, and I was like, I was
0: gurgling a little bit.
1: Yeah. I like, man, I'm not letting this dude catch me. Nah. And then he caught me
0: finally. But <clears throat> good stuff. It's a, solid, it's a solid list of fighters when you're looking at that that weight class, there's some studs in there.
1: But I think stylistically, like him and JJ Wilson, Mazbranel and JJ Wilson line up very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Pico, I like to see Pico and, and Pedro or Pico and Daniel Weichel, that type of fight um, in that mix. But I would bump Pedro down. I put Daniel Weichel at number four, bump Pedro to number five. I'd probably keep Pico where he is. Remember, we're trying to slow roll Pico, get him back on track. And uh, I think in the rest of them, I guess we could kind of all be in that same position.
0: Jeremy Kennedy, Taiwan. I would, I would just put Mads up more. Where at? Jer- Jeremy Kennedy's good. I would at least put. I would think that Taiwan and I love Taiwan Claxton, but you know, just take a look at the records and Mads Burnell is a more dangerous fighter. Uh, Taiwan is more controlling fighter, good fighter, but Mads is the dangerous guy, so I'd put him above it. Got it. Let's go to lightweight. Where are we at with that?
1: Patricio is the champ there. Brent Primus patricki yamauchi benson sydney outlaw miles jury adam Piccolotti, alfie davis aviv Gonzali, and car mm. canyon I, I mean for me i don't really see a whole lot of changes to be honest no you know i would kind of probably keep it to where it is
0: yeah i have no problem with anything that i see right there with it
1: <clears throat> good stuff um pull up welterweight here we go john here's a fucking shit show about to happen <laughs> we're about to we're, about, we're to, about to blow it apart we're about to blow this shit up that's it I mean realistically to me like it comes down to you, you can't have Michael Venom page there as much as I love MVP you can't you got you got to have a guy who's 20. 20- can't
0: put him in number one when number two is 25 and oh and has fought everybody that they can put in front of him doesn't have the loss Amazov deserves that number one position.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And then I don't even know if I would put him above Neyman Gracie. I'd probably go Yaroslav Amasov. I'd probably go Neyman Gracie. And then I'd probably go Jason Jackson. How the fuck is Jackson down at number six?
0: That's what I want to know. I'm looking at it going, are you kidding me? I love the fact that they got Joey Davis up there. because Joey Davis is coming on, and Joey Davis is going to be a monster. So that's a good person to put there. But you could actually put Joey Davis higher than where he's at.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure you could. So I would go, I would go Douglas Lima. I'd go Amosoff. I would go Naaman and I would go Jason Jackson. And then I'd probably have in there maybe, maybe MVP. Maybe MVP. And then I'd probably put Joey Davis and Logan Storley kind of in that mix at the top at number five or number six, somewhere in there. I, I think Logan and. Joey are kind of in the same area, but I'd probably put Logan ahead of him only because he had such a great fight with Amos
0: Yeah. And he's, he's actually, he's just fought, if you're looking overall now, just a little bit higher in competition uh, than Joey. Joey, now they're starting to put tough guys and they're, they're trying to book Joey against real guys all the time now, but he's eating everybody up. He's just so good.
1: He's gotten oh. so much better on the ground and pound. He's gotten so much better. On oh, the- his ground
0: and pound is heavy. Yeah.
1: Um, you know who's going to be the surprise, though? Is Jalil Willis. Jaleel Willis. He's going to be the good. Sp- if he stays there.
0: Memphis, Tennessee's in the house, baby. <laughs> Jalil Willis is the real deal. What a Tennessee
1: homer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to go. moved time, there man. a year ago. All of a sudden, now he's a homer. You know, now it's a year. I like how I'm always 80 years old. You're always throwing, throwing years on my age, but how, where I live is you're taking years away. I like it. That's good. But
1: Jalil Wills, to me, is going to be one of those guys. I think he can beat Oliver Ancamp. and I like Oliver's a lot.
0: Oliver's good. I like Oliver He Enkamp. just <clears>
1: – <throat> I think Jalil is just a little bit more explosive and a little bit more composed, has a little bit higher um, echelon of guys that he's fight. Uh, Sabah Hamasi, Joey Davis, I mean, they, I believe they're kind of all in that same ranking where they believe, but I think Joey needs to be up there next to Logan Storley somewhere. Yeah. I, would, I would put Joey above – maybe even above Derek Anderson. Yep. Me too. All right, but that, that was a shit storm because of the whole Michael Venom page today. I saw it on Twitter. People are like, what are you doing? How are you going to have Amazon below Michael Venom page? And I'm an MVP
0: Someone's fan. Someone's not. I'm an MVP. I'm a, I'm a huge MVP fan, but there's no way that you, at this moment you can say that Amazon should be below him.
1: Well, I, I think you're going to have to bump. If you bump MVP down to number five, and I would put Jason Jackson above Logan Storley, so then you have Jason Jackson at number four, and then you've got Logan Storley, and then I'd probably go MVP right there just past Logan Storley.
0: What do you think? Well, you're saying Amazov would be two, Neiman Gracie would be three? Yep, Jason Jackson number four, Logan Storley number five, and then MVP. And then probably Joey Davis. I think we just screwed that up. You're going to take Michael Page out of there. So Amazon becomes number one. Yes. Gracie becomes number two. Yes. Jason Jackson becomes number three, or Logan Storley becomes number three. Jackson, Jackson's three. Storley's Storley's four. Davis is five. Yep. Davis is five, uh, and then I or you put or in, MVP.
1: Yeah, or MVP. MVP and, and Joey Then and Davis. Back and forth. I'm okay with it. I, only because of the, the experience of a level of competition. I... To,
0: to me, the best part is this way these guys get to look at that, and if you're if you're Jalil Willis and you're number ten, you can look up and say. Man, I want to fight Sabaho Masi. I want to fight J- I want Jason Jackson. I want to fight Joey Davis. And you can look and say, that's, that's the guy that's going to get me up. That's the guy I want to go with. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think Jalil's got a good chance of, of beating guys like Sabaho Masi, Oliver, and Camp. He I have a hard time with uh, Joey Davis. You know, Derek Anderson, I think, is very beatable for him if he was to fight him. Derek's just, he's one of those guys. He's almost like a, a younger Patricio and Patricio. They have no control over the emotions when they fight. He so- does
0: not... I love Derek Anderson, you know, the, I, you know, he's called the barbaric and he is absolutely a hundred percent that, but if you hit him, he does, he will lose his mind trying to get back at you. Yeah. And he just, the fight IQ goes out the window. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? But he's good and he's tough and he's fun to watch. Yeah, he is. He is. All right. middleways, Let's go. Come on, Dave, get it up there. Gay Musasi. Well, he's one of the best fighters that's ever been in MMA. Let's just be honest. Yeah, for he's sure. But I, there's I, no way in the goddamn world you can put Salter at number one when you've got Tokoff at number two. Fighting for the title next, by the way. <laughs> Is Tokov fighting for the title next or Salter? I think it's Tokov versus Musasi next. There, I, I mean... <laughs> It just doesn't make. So- are you are you watching these guys? I, and I love John Salter. He's a stud, man. His ground game is so good. But Tokoff is a truck when it comes to the stand up, and his ground game's good too. I just, there's no way in the world you can sit there and tell me a guy that's 29 and two shouldn't be at number one against john You know where John Salter is at when he's 18 and four and. If they matched up, Tokov's going to be the favorite in the fight. I'm a huge fan of Austin Vanaford, but
1: there's no way he deserves to be at number three. Sorry. <laughs> Dude. You got Van Steenis and Fabian Edwards and Johnny Eblin. Now, I would probably put him above like above
0: Johnny Eblin,
1: but Van Steenis ahead of Fabian Edwards because he's beaten him.
0: Yeah, I was going to say one that loss on Fabian Edwards record, yes. that just happened to come to Costello Van Stinas, So that's a tough one.
1: Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go Gaygard. I'm going to go Tokoff. I'll go Salter. And then I'll go Van Steenis. Then I'll go Fabian. And then I'll go Austin Vannaford. Then I'll go Eblin. I'd probably I'd do Shipman above Charlie Ward. Well, I'd also do Romero Cotton above him, too. Ward. The Ed Ruth thing, look, Ed's he's not an 85-pounder. I know I he's fought 85 recently, but I wouldn't put him at 85. He's a 70-pounder. He just doesn't want to cut the weight anymore. He's that tweener. He's, he's not big. He doesn't want to cut the weight to 70. And 85 is, is he's just, his body frame is not big enough for it. I so, uh, he's kind of in that la-la land there area. So, but uh, Romero is nasty. <laughs> Sorry, I train with him and I'm not being a homer. He's just,
0: <sighs> he's physically strong.
1: Nasty how strong I got. I, yeah, dude,
0: physically, to... that dude is a monster, man. He can wrestle. He is strong as hell. The only thing he's got to do. Is cardio. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Control the fight because man, you get tired. He's just got to get used to getting that cardio, so he doesn't have to take his foot off the gas.
1: Yeah, he's got that cardio problem. <laughs> uh, for him, not a lot of his fights go that long.
0: <laughs> John, the, you know the, the real the real troublemaker in that whole thing is Johnny Eblen, the Korean Canelo. As I think, I think that's what his new nickname is. It, he's good he is able to wrestle you know he wrestled at missouri man he is he's a handful
1: he is he is i'll give him that he's gonna have a hard time with guys like van steenis and fabian fabian the way he moves his explosiveness he's gonna have a hard time with him Side. johnny
0: johnny Eblin beats fabian edwards right now
1: i think so yep right now what about van steenis
0: that's a different one that one's a little bit tougher
1: he's an animal van steenis is an animal
0: he is he's mean
1: and then uh, uh, Eblin and Vanford, they they train together, right? Um, Eblen, uh, Johnny Eblin and and Vanderford. I think they're at uh, ATT. Yeah,
0: they're both they're both now at ATT. Yeah, because Vanderford just moved there. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so scroll down.
0: Here we go. Light heavyweight. Okay, here's the problem, and, and I understand it. It's part of their whole ranking thing, but I got a guy named Rumble Johnson and a guy named Yoel Romero who's not on this list. While other, while Tyree Fortune, who I love, is he's a good guy, but Melvin Manhoef, love him as a person, doesn't belong on that list. No, you've got these guys. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna put them in here. All right, I understand that, but just doesn't make sense. This will
1: all change as soon as
0: they fight. Yeah, yeah, okay. So one, hold it. So this is the problem. He's gonna get a one of them's gonna get a loss. Yeah. All right. And they're going to come and beware on this list because that's where they belong. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you're going to go
1: Nemkoff, Bader, Davis, Corey Anderson, Machida. I'm going to go Anglicus
0: above Machida. I could I could put Anglicus. I, I think you know, we've talked about Julius Anglicus. This guy's good. You're talking about a human being that's got 0% body fat yes. at 205 pounds. He is huge, and he's got good stand up yeah yep i think christian, uh, christian I, edwards is coming on he's getting better uh alex polezi is tough as hell you know but uh, grant neil he's a he's you know from elevate i think he's from a elevation fight team mm-hmm. uh he's with got jake ramos as his coach and uh, he's he's a good guy good tough fighter he's got that he's got that dc frame in the light heavyweight division he is shorter and stockier, and he's got to get through people. Deron,
1: he, I use Deron Wynn as an example. Deron, yeah, exactly.
0: It's like That's a, it's a rough one. I mean, because you, you could look at Julius Anglicus is, is this guy about six foot three, two hundred five pounds, cut down to nothing. He comes into the cage probably two hundred thirty pounds, and Grant Neal's five seven, five eight. He's probably
1: five seven, five
0: eight. Yeah, he's not that big, man. That's a we're looking that would be a tough fight. I mean, like, this is where,
1: this is where, look, let's just be honest. John and I talk about it all the time. This is where we start to get a little bit thin. Like, the talent is young, trying to, trying to get them to the, trying to build their, their, their records, trying to get them up to the fight, the, the top, top echelon of guys. It's going to be hard because right now, like you said, like UFC's got 600 people, 700, 650 people on under contract. We've got maybe 280 to 300 at the most. You know what I mean? So, when we're doing the rankings, you're going to see some of this where you see Grant Neal being 5-0, and Christian Edwards being 4-0, and Ty- uh, Tyree Fortune being 5-0. and They're young. They're up and coming. There's the, the ceiling is, is the limit. We're trying to get them past that ceiling. We'll see what happens. But, like, in this mix of Corey Anderson, Phil Davis, uh, Julius Anglicus, like those guys, those are the top five, top six guys, you know, in this, in this bracket right now. And, like you said, you've got Yoel Romero. You've got Anthony Johnson. One of those guys is going to end up with a loss. Do you even put him on the top 10? That's the problem. That's the the whole question. I'd rather see the fight than where – I don't care where they get placed in the top 10. I'd rather see them. (laughs) (laughs) That's my opinion. Uh, Uh, Heavyweight. Ryan Bader being the champion, uh, Timothy Johnson, Czech Congo, uh, Valentin Moldovsky, uh, Fedor Milianenko. Linton Vassell, Tyrell Fortune, Steve Mowry, Matt Mitrione, Sergei Karatanov and Javi Alla. Do you have a problem with any of these?
0: I have a yeah, look- I, I have one problem. They got rid of someone that, I don't know what happened in the contract dispute or something but Visa. What's that? Visa. Visa? Yeah, so he's yeah. Min- yeah. Minikov, you know, is absolutely the guy that should have been right there at the top of that. Yeah. But right now Valentin Moldovsky, he's good yeah. you know lynn vassell at heavyweight is getting better tyrell fortune is good maori is getting better all the time so you got you know Vader belongs at, at number one because well as the champ. okay great timothy johnson has been performing really well yeah he's coming into his own and, the, and part of that is his you know he's been the training partner for francis ingano in uh at extreme couture he's been the guy that's been wrestling with francis he's the big and he talks about he's yeah i'm the guy getting hit in the head by francis it's not mm-hmm. a good thing but it's made him a better fighter he's way more comfortable in the stand-up based upon man if i can be in here with that guy i can be in there with anybody
1: yeah and
0: uh, he yeah. deserves everything he's getting right now because he's coming to bellator he lost two big fights that he took one of them last minute against uh minikov i mean last minute yeah it was <laughs> like the day I- after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was weighing They're so like hey we have to switch this up yep so uh, he definitely deserves it check congo has you know been there forever he's a, he's he's just a good smart fighter very physically as gifted as far as you know doesn't carry a whole lot of extra weight but he's getting up in age yeah He's what 40 what now
1: he's 44 oh yeah. It's amazing.
0: Years. Well, they, that just that just proves you know physically yeah. how gifted he is. But yeah. I, I'm gonna go
1: into a little bit of not really a rant, but it's more like I, I don't want to see Fedor in the rankings. It just yeah. it's, there's no reason to. Like he's not gonna fight any of these guys. Maybe I mean he might fight maybe a Czech Congo. I don't know. He might like yeah. he's not gonna fight these guys. Yeah. And so I don't even know if they're gonna have. There, there's a lot of talk that he may not fight again. They were talking about one more fight. Like it's. It's like, okay, I get it. It's nice to have him up there for nostalgia, but I, I don't look at him as being someone who fights often enough now, especially with COVID, for him to be in the rankings. And he's not
0: hes not fighting for cha- the championship.
1: No, and he won't. thats That's gone now. Yeah, so I, I don't think we – I think you push <clears> – <throat> sorry, excuse me. Linton Vassell up ahead of him. I think you take Fedor out of the rankings. We keep Timothy Johnson, check Congo, Moldovsky. I'd put Moldovsky probably ahead of Congo. I,
0: I would put Moldovsky at number two.
1: Yeah, I'd put Moldovsky at number two. Um, Vassell and check. I mean, Vassell right, comes, right there. Yeah. Right there. It can be interchangeable, but you know where you're at. And Tyrell's probably right behind Steve. Mallory is the one that's kind of the, the dark horse physically gifted. So big
0: six, like, foot eight.
1: six foot eight. Yeah. Just a big, big guy, you know? So, and then the other guy that I'm, I'm always, I'm just, I'm a little bit of a homer with Javier. Alla, man. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Just a great guy. I love it. Uh, but, you know, when you get down to, to Caraton off and it's your own, it's kind of they're interchangeable however you want. One's a little bit more active than the other, but Matt's still got all the talent and the ability, but I put Maori in them ahead. So I go Ryan Bader, Tim Johnson, Moldovsky. Uh, I'd put Litton Vassell above Czech Congo. Then I'd probably go Czech Congo and then take Fedor just completely out and then try and slide somebody else into the top 10 position.
0: What do you think? That's good. Let's get into the
1: Let's get in the women's flyweight. <laughs> Juliana Velasquez, uh, Alima Lay mcfarlane number one. Uh, Juliana Velasquez being the champion after she just beat Alima Lay mcfarlane Liz yeah. Pabush, uh number two. Denise Kilholtz, number three, four. Alejandro Lara, five. Cona and then six. Kate Jackson, seven. Vida Ortega, uh, eight. Mandy Baum, and then Valerie Lareda and Bruna Ellen.
0: What do you think? Yeah. I honestly, I don't. I think I would change. Maybe one, I think I, I you know, and I, and I love Veda Ortega, but Mandy belongs uh, above that. Okay. I would actually think that Mandy should be ranked somewhere in the area of maybe six, but at least seven. But other than that, I really don't have a problem with it. Would you put Lara ahead of Denise Kilholtz? No, in the in the fact that Denise Kielholz in her last couple of fights has really performed well. She's uh her stand up is so explosive but you know she's been she's been submitting people too and she did just beat Kate Jackson so i i know Alejandra Lara just had a win her last win was against Vita it was a decision win it was a good win it showed her improvement in her stand up game but right now i believe Denise kind of deserves to be where she's at Gotcha.
1: okay i, I would interchange them <clears throat> yeah good I think, I think i would probably wait and reserve the right to do it after she fights Watanabe. Watanabe, there you go. <laughs> she beats Watanabe? I'd be like,
0: okay, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, I was totally right. Put her above there. Right? <laughs> I'm
1: going to pat myself on the back later after.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see the
1: fight. Uh, let's go down here to the women's uh, featherweight. Cyborg being the champion, she'd be number one. Julia Bud number two. cow number three. Uh, sorry. Julia Bud number one, because Cyborg is the champion. Yes. Uh, Arlene Blankow, number two and Zingano, number three. Leslie Smith, number four. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, was Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, number five. Janae. It could Ar- be Sinead
0: O'Connor if you want. She sings well.
1: Janae Hardy, number six. Liam McCourt, number seven. Amanda Bell, number eight. Olga Rubin, number nine. And Jesse Mele. Yeah, Mele. Mele. I knew there was a way you had to say it. <laughs> I would go... I don't know how to... I think Arlene deserves to be at it It'd be that Kat Zangano Arlene interchange somewhere in there. I
0: don't know. Well, I look at it this way. Arlene Blanco, she's got a win over Leslie Smith, but it was a decision win, split decision. <clears throat> I understand it, but her last fight was against Cyborg and, and she got mauled. It was disgusting. She got mauled. And so you look at that and you go, eh. You've got to put other people and say, you know, the ones that have won, you know, Sinead Kavanaugh in her last couple of fights, man, her last fight, especially she's going after these ladies and she's putting fist on them. So both Sinead and Leslie and Kat, I would move up and I'd move Arlene back down in between there. Um, Janae Harding is about where she needs to be. Liam McCourt, all those I have no problem with. I would just switch. I would leave Julia Budd where she's at, at at number one. But Kat Zingano would go to number two. Leslie Smith would be three. Uh, Sinead, because she lost to Leslie Smith, I think, in a split decision victory, uh, would stay where she's at, being number four, and number five would be Arlene Blinker.
1: I think, from what I've, uh, I was hearing, Leah McCourt and Janae Hardy might be fighting. So if that all comes to fruition.
0: They were supposed to, and then there was a problem. So I think they're putting that back together. Oh, That's a, that would be a good fight.
1: All right, one's got nice. judo, some good, submit, decent submissions, and the other one's got some ground and pound and uh, some nasty good stand-up. Nasty stand-up. Should be a fun fight. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, well, no, where's the, oh, pound for pounds. All right, the men's, pound for pound, Patricio Pitbull number one. All right, John, let's get in. No it. doubt
0: about it. Let's get in the rest of this nonsense. No doubt. No, <laughs> all right. Who has lost their effing mind?
1: Crazy, man. All
0: right, I, I mean if you're going to say pound for pound, (laughs) Douglas Lima just went with Gegard Mousasi, and yeah, he lost. But he went up in weight to do it, right? And you've got him down at number six, where Gegard is up at number three, you got Nemkov at number two. I just don't see it. Pound for pound is about the guy that, you know what, he is the one at that weight class. He's this good that we believe that if you matched him up and put him in those weight classes, he would be, you know, even with these guys that are beating him. I, I don't know. I just look and say, Patricio Pitbull definitely should be number one. But I think that Douglas Lima should be number two. You want to put Nemkov number three from there? Fine. But Gagar Musasi's is a guy, man, you're talking about uh, a resume of fights. Take a look at that record, Josh yep. 47, 47 wins with seven losses. You know, let's not forget, he's fought at heavyweight. He's fought at light heavyweight. He's fought, fought at, at
1: middleweight everywhere. Yep. You know, he's even talked about, I can make 170. I don't know. Yeah. If he,
0: but he's <laughs> I talked, don't think so.
1: talked about it. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. I would say Patricio. I would say Lima number two. And then I'd probably go somewhere in there with the reason why I know I'd, I'd put gay guard number three. I might even put Juan Archuleta number four over Ryan Bader. The only reason being is because he's fought in 35, 45, 55. Now he's established back at 35, being the champion. I'd probably put him number four ahead of yeah. Ryan Bader.
0: You know? And A.J. McKee. And then, I'd have A.J. McKee
1: higher than number seven. Yes, I would for sure. And then after that, like once you get past those guys, I I don't even see Jaroslav Amoslav. How do you not have him he's on? He's not even on there, dude. How do you not I love that. Him? 25 and 0. how do you not have this guy on here
0: that's that's well hold on hold on I, they had phil davis at number three in the light heavyweights mm-hmm. and they have a number eight in the pound for pound how does that work i'll tell you how
1: it works you guys i'm gonna be 100 honest with you guys you want know how that works is that the media goes by names that's all those are the only names that they know they don't watch Bellator. These guys, these, these media people, they're going based off of who they've seen fight before. That's it. They're not, they don't, they haven't done any research on these guys. AJ McKee is the guy. I'm ripping into them right now. It's 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 sad because you've got Yaroslav Amosov at 25 and 0. You've got other guy, you have other really good fighters with one loss or no losses. You know, I mean, like you look at like Tokoff. What's Tokoff? What's his record? 29 and 2. 29 and 2. Yeah. Be, he'll be fighting for the title next against uh, Musasi.
0: They don't even have him as number one. Yes.
1: <laughs> so it, this, right. is, this is, yeah, we're going to, I can, we can go into this all day long and, you know, we're just, we're going to rip into them a little bit, but it's like Patricio. I got Patricio. I've got Lima. I've got Gagard. Those are the three. And then I'd put Juan Archuleta number four. Then I'd probably put AJ McKee number five. And then I put Yaroslav Amosov or vice versa. I just could interchange AJ and Yaroslav Amosov you know in there that's what I would do I mean I don't even know if I would have Bader ahead of those two guys
0: I wouldn't there you go Bader I love Ryan Bader but he's coming off a crushing loss to Vadim Nemkov and he's only one person away from him on this list how how doesn't make sense so there's some yeah
1: there's there's a lot of other really good fighters that are in that mix as well that we could throw in there that are undefeated as well. I mean Magomed Magomedov, where do you put him? He's Seventeen and one, he's only lost the Peter Yawn. I mean like he would be up there. You know he'd be up there too. So I'd put him in there as well. <clears throat> you know we got Khabib's uh, cousin as well and with one win, two wins, well, You gotta you gotta get him in there first for the win. You know but yeah,
0: you also don't have Rumble or. Yoel in the light heavyweights because they haven't fought there. So Usman, he's got to fight there first. I got it.
1: And now you go to the women's pound for pound.
0: Chris, uh, Chris is going to be number one. She should be. Juliana should be number two. I look at a at number three and I think that's right. I don't see a problem with that at all. Um, I think I'd move Liz Carmouche up though. Yep. Above Arlene and Denise, I would. Oh, Definitely above
1: Arlene. Would you put her above Julia? I, I I might. I think I would. I
0: probably would. What about where do you put Cat? But they fight. They fight so similar too. Cat would be somewhere about where she's at. I don't have a problem with that. You'd put her behind uh, Arlene and Denise, right now? Yeah, because she just she's only had one fight in quite a long time. Yeah. And so, just I'm just giving her. Not, not, not that i don't love her as a fighter and not that i don't respect her, what she's done i'm just giving her time to come out and do her thing and then then let her be put in that spot yeah. the higher you go on the list the more pressure there is, is the way i look at it so just give her time very true very true I mean, overall,
1: there was only a couple little things in terms of the rankings, but when I get to the pound for pound, that's where you start realizing that they only recognize the media people that are doing this. They only recognize the bigger names. Certain names. Uh, yeah, certain names. And so that's that upsets me a little bit because I know we've got a lot of top talent that's in there that should be on that list. It's not on that pound for pound list. And even when even when you go to the rankings in their in their weight classes. They're not where they should be either. They're way down below. I mean, yeah.
0: it's a little concerning. Eh, it's the first one. I'll give it. I don't, I don't totally agree with it, but it's not the worst thing I've seen. But you guys need to get a little better. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, we pretty much just gave you guys our ranking, so it should be intertwined somewhere in there. You guys should understand we're kind of in that mix of what, what we think. I mean, but John, we just have to come out with our own pound-for-pound pound rankings. For-
0: I think, you know what? We might start doing this. In fact, we might start doing one. Why don't we start thinking about, let's do a, I don't give a shit what promotion they're in. Our yeah. top 10. Yep. A real, a true pound-for-pound. Pound. Ooh, I like, well, not in pound-for-pound. I want, we'll we'll do a top 10 in certain divisions, no matter what promotion they fight for. So if they fight for one or they fight for the UFC or they fight for ACA or they fight for Bellator. They can all be put in there depending upon where we think they should be. Right. We got to do that sometime
1: because guys like Lance Palmer have been left out for so many years. I mean, I know yeah, absolutely breaking in the cash, but uh, but but it'd be nice to have it's that. all about it's all about the, the ducats, baby. Yeah, he's he's good, man. All right, so hey, um, let's go to mybookie.ag.
0: Speaking of ducats. Not
1: kids. <laughs> hey, that's a good segue, buddy. Wow, um, MyBookie.ag, use the promo code in, and they're going to give you a little extra cash and spending money. And if you guys don't know, March Madness, uh, what is it, Sweet 16 this week? Down to the Elite Eight. Or down to the Elite Eight. We get to the Final Four of this weekend, though. So this is a good time for you guys to go ahead and dish a little cash out, and uh, they'll give you a little extra spending cash for you guys to gamble, lose it all in basketball.
0: Don't lose it. Don't lose it.
1: Uh, as well as the Bellator fights on Friday night on Showtime. And like John was saying, though, they are not charging you for the premium channel. So if you go to your guys' uh, Showtime platform there, you will see us there for free. So enjoy it. Hopefully you guys enjoy these fights.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, let's get into some news, buddy.
0: All right, let's do that. Since we're still on Bellator a little bit, Matt Mitrione is forced, forced I'm telling you out of his Bellator fight with tyrell fortune is that a good thing for him or a bad thing josh i think it's a phenomenal thing for him
1: <laughs> tell me why his weakness has always been wrestling and tyrell yes. can freaking wrestle he can wrestle but you know in all fairness though tyrell fortune he just hasn't been using his wrestling he's fell in love with the stand-up so that yeah. might have got him in trouble but i think him tyrell used to train with ryan bader is he still with bader uh, not too much. Not too much. So I think him training with Ryan Bader for, you know, for those years, I think he realized that Ryan Bader laid the game plan on how to beat Matt Matreon. He's probably like, okay, let's not take that fight. And I, I don't know if he got injured, hurt, COVID or anything. I don't know what the situation was. But, yeah, personally, though, um, it was a good, good decision for him not to fight.
0: Well, I, I can't say exactly why, whatever the, the problem is. But if, Matt, you're not feeling good, if you're hurt, I did see. He's been, dude, Matt looks slim. He has been putting pictures out. He's been on this diet where they make his food and stuff. Matt Mitrione is all of a sudden svelte. So he looks really good. If he's hurting anyway, Matt, I hope you get better fast. Buddy, um, we could probably all look slim if we had
1: chefs making our healthy food. <laughs> Damn
0: straight, baby.
1: Jeez. Oh, wow. this. Look at
0: this. Oh, you see? There you go. There's a picture for you. Uh bringing sexy, Se- bringing sexy back to business there, Mitrion. Look at you, baby. What a, Good for you, man. Crazy to think a guy that big could be that lean. It's yeah. nuts. It's
1: nuts to me. Uh, give us up. What else is next there? Podcast, Dave. All right, so like we talked about a little bit earlier, Tour debuts of Anthony Johnson and Yobo Romero have been delayed until, I believe, what, May 7th?
0: May 7th. They pushed it back because there was an illness one of the fighters had. I'm not going to say which one, but they needed some time they wanted to make sure that both guys were going to come in at their best uh, both fighters were good with the change so may 7th is the date that we will get to see them and that's also the day of um the world title fight between archuleta and sergio pedis so that's gonna be a hell of a card
1: are they who's gonna be the main event
0: the championship fight <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you thompson
1: I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I know it's a great fight. I think it's I think it's good to have the t- I always think it's good to have the title fight as the main car, the main event.
0: It is. And but it doesn't change the the, the Romero Johnson fight. That's a five-round fight. So true as well. True. Have you seen pictures of AJ? Yes. Go to his Instagram there, Dave. He looks like he's 170 pounds again. I I was the one saying there's no way that Anthony Johnson is gonna get back to light heavyweight. He was too big, too heavy too muscular i'm not saying he was fat he was just carrying so much muscle on his frame and look at him there he looks jason jackson looks bigger than him almost yes yep but
1: you know what i want to say though one thing anthony what are you doing with shoes on the damn mats
0: they're wrestling shoes no
1: they're not those are jordans
0: those are wrestling shoes they are they are wrestling shoes what the hell's wrong with you the way it looked they look like just have you ever put one a pair of those on your feet? What is wrong with you, Thompson? Not those one's, <laughs> not <laughs> those not ones are- that expensive.
1: <laughs> oh, man. No, I could afford those ones. Those are too
0: expensive. <laughs> the- he looks lean. Look at his face, man. Dude, he looks so lean. It's incredible. Fucking jawline. Oh, I was shocked. When I saw that picture, I said, man, that dude has absolutely tra- He transformed himself into this giant behemoth. And then just sucked it all right back, and now he is slimmer than he was when he was fighting DC in the UFC. So,
1: if you guys haven't seen this picture, you guys go to his uh, Anthony underscore Rumble and uh, check it out. Anthony Johnson, his uh, he's looking lean, man. Check him out.
0: Looks good. Way to go, Anthony. Why you didn't like the picture, John? Because you were jealous. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, well let's get into this
0: uh the, all the drama in the in the sport right now. Oh my god, do we have drama? I love the drama part. It is so much fun cuz I get to sit back and just watch it and laugh.
1: <laughs> John Kardashian over here. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> oh, we're going to start calling you Big John Kardashian, I love it.
0: First off, the one I want Ben Askren has a gift for being able to get under the skin of a lot of fighters. But when he fought Masvidal, because they they were, Masvidal hated him, you know, and then Masvidal had the knockout. But Masvidal siding with Jake Paul and, you know, being on his call and stuff and saying all this stuff, I love the fact Funky finally came out and said it, man. He says, you know what? Stop, dude. You know I've refrained for two years, but let's be real, George. You landed the luckiest knee of your life, and I made you famous. Now, I'm going to say this just, flat-out honest. That knee was not lucky. That knee was planned. That knee was practiced. That knee was something that they saw a tendency and they said, we're going to start off with this because this is what he has a tendency of doing and they caught him in that tendency that was a bad tendency. So, it was not lucky. Telling you right now, that was skill. But, you got forty. I'm sorry, fifty to forty-three by Usman, and will likely again next month beat it loser. <laughs> he's just he's got a way
1: with words and he's got a way of getting underneath people's skin. He's intelligent, man. He's just yeah, he is. He's extremely intelligent. He's extremely yeah. intelligent when it comes to talking shit, also. Yeah, he is. And I think what makes it worse is his hair and his body. Like it makes it worse when someone that looks like him. <laughs> shaped like him talk shit to you like and there's oh. a chance there's nothing you can do about it did you see his
0: rocky video mm-hmm. Yeah. oh my god did you see the sweats he's wearing <laughs> it's the old the old style wrestling style It's the old style gray sweats but they even had holes in them man they were filled with holes and stuff i go you're classic brother you are and he's got the toque on he got that white toque and stuff that's beautiful
1: yeah, he's he's uh he's one of those guys. It's funny. You ever get in the wrestling room with like an old school wrestling guy? They wear the you know like you'll see DC. He'll pull his tights up above his belly button. Oh God, I know. You warm up and fight, and like when we're in the wrestling room doing some wrestling. It's like,
0: <sighs> dude. Mark Mark Schultz used to go everywhere he traveled. Man, he had thongs on. Now, depended on the thong. Sometimes it was just the little beach thong that were rubber with a little rubber strap on your foot. And sometimes it was the slide ins, but. The thongs, shorts, a nasty T-shirt, and a toothbrush in his hand. He traveled everywhere like that. That's Just it. Just crazy.
1: The toothbrush thing must be a, 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 like an Olympic training center type thing because Mike Van Arsdale, he walked all around with a toothbrush. I know. It's kinda, know. He would be, he, like we would be in the car on the way back from training. He'd be brushing his teeth. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's I'm brushing, brushing my teeth, man. I'm just clean my teeth, man. Like, well, uh, why don't you floss first? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Great.
0: The best. This is a
1: gr- if you guys haven't seen the video on uh, Ben Askren's uh, Instagram, go to Ben Askren uh, on Instagram. Check it out. It's a rocky video. He's got a, that. That must be his wife.
0: That's his wife.
1: Unless you're kissing a stranger, Ben.
0: <laughs> he might be.
1: He might be. He might be, but great stuff. But yeah, look at look at that. Look at that vicious pad work
0: stick and move just- every time every time ben throws a punch it makes me go he's gonna get killed and then i go no he's gonna win he's gonna win
1: <laughs> ah john jones sends a clear message to the ufc please cut me already just let me go i mean
0: did you see all of his tweets oh yeah oh yeah come on man you gotta love him. first one what, what was the first one Well, you would rather, I swear the UFC industry, stop, Dave, my God, why don't you move them a little bit more? We're reading the, uh, there's a top one. Okay. The first one, please just cut me already. Now, obviously someone is not going to get paid what he wants to get paid. So he's like, well, I'm not fighting for you. So, but we'll see what happens with that. Next one. You would rather have me around and treat me like shit. Guess he feels like he's getting treated badly. I swear the UFC industry has been nothing but depressing for me. I, what's the UFC industry? Uh, the sport of MMA or just the it's UFC? Not the sport. That's bullshit. That's he's it, it, just talking about the UFC as a company, right? Yeah, I mean, we've all worked for them, John. We know. Yeah. Well, it's a co- okay.
1: <laughs> it's just saying
0: what everybody else has been thinking for years: that's fought for them or worked. I feel like my wings are being clipped. Damn, I um, mean, next one, just fucking let me go. And w- then, what type of weird shit is this? Obviously, the boss hates me. Let me take my business elsewhere. What do you think of all this? Um, there's a couple ways of looking at it. I, I've,
1: John Jones, I don't think is somebody that um is afraid to fight anybody. I think DC came out and said that today too. John Jones. Negative. He's not afraid to fight Francis Ngannou. He just wants to get compensated and he wants to get compensated well for it. But the problem is though is he John is a is a ticket seller, but he's not quite at the lever, level of a Connor or I don't know I would put him probably maybe a little bit ahead of Khabib. Uh, I'm not sure though.
0: No i don't think so i don't think so i think well it's, it's so hard to say because oh. khabib was part of that connor thing that bumped his numbers way up
1: too yeah so i i would say him and him and khabib are probably about the same if i was okay. gonna an edge maybe a little bit to, to to john but but that's also at 205 well john's going to heavyweight there's gonna be it's gonna be a bump in pay-per-views for that he's gonna get if he normally does 600 i think he'll do 850, 900 maybe even closer to a mil. Somewhere in there, that 850 to 1 mil is what I think he'll do. I don't think he'll break a million dollars. Not with our million buys with uh Ngannou. Against
0: will Be close. I think you I think it definitely breaks a million buys. John, I'm stream- I think people want to see that.
1: John, I'm streaming it, buddy. <laughs> Everybody's
0: streaming it, John. I hope that Dana White catches you pirating his property and brings you down.
1: I'm, you're already trying to keep me down. What is that? What does that have to do with you? <laughs> Come on, bro. Come on. Oh, I love realistically, it. like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's gonna be tons of people that stream it, you know. And so that that has been affecting the pay per views for the last year and a half, two years. Sure, but that has nothing to do with John Jones. I agree with <laughs> you. I do. But when it comes down to the promotion, getting paid on them, that's what it has to do with. So you got to look if I look at it from a business point of view on their part. In the UFC's point, and they, hey, pay per views are not what they used to be, and we probably will not be. We we can't compensate you as much for the pay per view stuff. Oh my and, God, no, they can't compensate they them. Can. shit. No. They're they're going they're, they're scheduled to make I think over
0: a billion dollars this year. Hello. Yeah. So they can
1: they can yes,
0: their First off, they they know where their numbers are at already before it happens. So let's just, let's, I, I, am never the guy you know, a lot of people think I hate John. I don't hate John. I, I actually like John and I think John's right. John keep doing what you're doing because you deserve to get paid to fight Francis Ngannou. You deserve to get paid based upon the, the the entire length of work that you have done in, in, beating guys one after the other and holding on to that light heavyweight title now you're moving up to heavyweight and you're gonna fight a freaking monster okay absolutely you deserve to get paid i hope you get paid whatever it is you want or at least close to it but just so you know john they're not gonna cut you (laughs) that ain't gonna happen dude they're not gonna release you they're not gonna cut you so Figure out where it is that you guys can kind of meet to where you're still happy, and they'll meet that price. I mean, come oh, on. That's before, the truth.
1: John Jones is 34 years old. He, I, I don't think he'll have another big fight. This is his big fight opportunity, so that's why he wants to get paid as much money as he's trying to get for it. Which he deserves fun. it. He deserves it. I agree with you. He does deserve it. Do I think they're going to pay him? I think they will. But they're going to wait until after probably the Derek Lewis fight.
0: Well, they've already got our boy Chael shilling for him on how important and good the Derek Lewis against Ningano fight would be. Oh, well. man. Then you, man, I love you, Chael, but you will absolutely sell your soul to the devil to put that out. Come on, man. You're going to sit, go back and watch that fight. It is better than a freaking. If you have insomnia, that is all you have to do is watch that first fight that ain't gonna happen again John
1: that fight ain't gonna go down like that again
0: oh well you say that and guess what happens yeah yeah it, <laughs> it could it could you know I'm not I I would hope it wouldn't but it could you know they you could know. they could both be so like I'm, I'm not gonna get hit by that guy they dance again for another not three rounds but five rounds
1: you know, you know Connor, uh, not Connor. You know, Chael called up Dana. And goes, hey, hey, okay, who's next? Who's next for? Dude, dude,
0: Dana, Dana called Chael. Says, hey, bud, I need you to do me a favor, man. I need you to, you know, go out in the media and put this out there that you know what, Derek Lewis, that's a great matchup right now, and 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 I love Derek Lewis. I'm not taking anything away from him. Oh man! But if you're gonna sit there and tell me that should be the fight over John Jones. No, what you're doing is you're trying to manipulate people's opinions and the media and try to push John into a place where John doesn't want to sit longer, and so he takes less in taking the fight. John, stick to your guns. Get the money you deserve, and that should be the fight. John Jones against Francis Ngannou.
1: But what does he do, John? Does If he doesn't take the fight, he sits on the sideline again for another three or four months
0: easily. Well, that's... Months. You're absolutely right. That's the problem, is he's stuck.
1: Yeah, because they offer, they're going to say, Hey, we're going to offer you Francis gano for this price. And he's yeah. going to say, No. Well, that has extended his contract. Exactly. Six months. Yep. Offer him again, Francis Ngano for this price. I mean, realistically, he could probably just say, I'm going to go back down to 205. And then I guess Dana White came out and said, You know what? He'd probably be, it'd probably be good for him to go to 85. That's what he said.
0: Yeah, jokingly. <laughs> Why, why no? Because he said, if 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 you're John Jones and you saw Francis tonight, I would be getting, I'd be cutting no. weight any eight five. No, that's what he said. At. Did no. you see it?
1: John can wrestle. <laughs> John can wrestle. So I mean, I don't know. I I look at it. I look at it as they are trying to disrespect him a little bit. You have the most. You are the most talented guy that the UFC has ever had. Yep. You you are their youngest champion they've ever had. I just don't. I, I don't see why you take that fight for any less than because beyond Francis, there's no other heavyweights in there that have the name value of Francis Gando after beating Stipe. This is your biggest money fight, probably. I mean, not to date, but I'm saying like this will be your biggest money fight at heavyweight.
0: And it's also the most dangerous fight. Yes, let's just let's just be honest. Yeah. All right, if 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 time and what we've seen with John has proved anything, it's the guys that are his size. His length that give him problems mm-hmm. so guess what he's facing plus nuclear weapons in each fist you know and john's got a good chin i'm not gonna john can take a shot but nobody can take that big of a shot and survive
1: yeah uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they end up doing this yep you're going to have to do something in terms of, I mean, I would, I would almost think that they would skew it to the point where, where they just tell him like, Hey,
0: we'll give you a bigger portion of pay-per-views if you sell that, you know, that, and that would, if I was John, I would, I would you know try to work out something with, all right, let's, let's look at this. If I break this number and I'm going to, I'm going to go into the media, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to sell this thing. So if I break this number, this is what you pay me. I would do that because you're, then you're betting on yourself. If you don't do those numbers, shame on you. You're the one that didn't create the buzz that it needed. But if you have that, you know it's sitting there, and you know I just got to break this number. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my ass to get people interested in that fight, and people would be interested in this fight because it it, it it almost comes back to the whole. Floyd mayweather thing look at there's people that love john and there's people that hate john okay that's great there's people that are going to pay money to watch this fight because they believe that francis and will put john jones's head into the third row and they want to see it and then there's people they want to see john beat that monster that's true
1: that's true, Yeah. Like Floyd Mayweather was popular because most majority of people wanted to see him lose, or they wanted to see him win, depending yeah. on what side you were on. But it it is one of those fights that <clears throat> it's gonna it's gotta have to happen. But the longer he sits on the sideline, yeah, it, it makes it harder and harder for him because Francis is getting better every time. I think they're both 34. 33 or thirty four. They're both thirty four. Both thirty four. John's not
0: bad. Eh, John, John, yeah. I say John's only thirty three right now, right? Yeah. Okay, but it's you know. You got to look and say, it's coming. It's not not that it's at the end, but he doesn't have that many more fights, really, that are available within the, uh, a short time. When you're talking big fights like this and things, he's got to make his money now. This is this is where you're saying, eh, I got to start putting it away. I've got to make the big money now so I can make it for the rest. You yeah, puppy? Yeah, my dog just came down with its toys, so I was like. If you're hearing squeaking, it's my dog. I think I all of a sudden, I'm here and I'm like, and I'm trying to look without looking. And I go, is, is he down here? Yep. I was like, yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's my dog. That's Jitsu. Normally, he doesn't come down here. He hates down here. He's afraid of it. <laughs> he probably
1: felt comfortable with you down there. Oh, man. Um, Scroll up. I wanted to read the headline you know, we have to talk to Dave about his activity on
0: the on – the- Man, I'll tell you what. He look, he's got Parkinson's disease. Yes, he does. <laughs> okay. He's up and down with this. Dave, Dave, look, you know, the thing's moving I'm- all around. Like – Yeah. I have OCD pretty bad. So I have it.
1: <laughs> well, he's one of those guys that he, like, scrolls to the pictures because he can't read. So, he like, oh, wherever the picture is, he tries to get to it as fast as he can.
0: Tony Ferguson training with GSP and Freddie Roach. Good for him, man. That's a good thing. Good for Tony. Just don't become a boxer. I mean, he's already got pretty good stand up, you know. I think But here let me here's my question for you, Josh. I don't know because you know I'm stupid. But why is George Saint Pierre in Hollywood, California training with (laughs) Freddie Roach? Uh, I don't know what to tell you, John. (laughs) I
1: feel like we've already talked about this, but Oh,
0: okay. I was just wondering, you know,
1: just just That's the question I had. John, (laughs) GSP is retired.
0: I know he is. Enjoying that retired life. It must be because it's still winter in Montreal. So it's good to get into Hollywood. That's got to be it, John. He's going to, he's down
1: there, wild card, enjoying the sun and, you know, training with that
0: that California weather where that you can't go outside in or you have to wear a mask. Got it. So why train with someone who's trained
1: for Khabib, I don't know, five times? (laughs) Why train with that guy? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh i love it this Guy's an animal man 40 years old look at him i mean i've seen videos and he's freaking shredded i'm like geez here i am 43 or whatever and i'm like i got a dad bod going on look at that right there look at that picture <laughs> right there in the bottom right corner look at that picture 40 years old look at that guy geez man he's got to get rid of the hair though come on just cut it <laughs> off GSP, it's not you it's it's one of the most weirdest things it weirds me out it really does he's you don't a, like gsp with hair huh uh it's just i think because sometimes the way he styles it it looks a little weird like it makes it i don't know and then he puts out videos like this <laughs> and you're all okay what's going on buddy but uh he's an animal the guy's an animal he is ah uh, give me some more news
0: special athlete
1: and uh, that pretty much does it for
0: news there. Um, Sean, the other piece is just um, small one. Sean O'Malley's just saying he wants uh, Dominic Cruz as a is a co-main. Hey, we talked about that. You think Dominic Cruz eats him up? I think Dom beats him. Yeah,
1: that's... I think he
0: beats him. It's it's a, awesome. That's a good. That's a good matchup. Dom's proven his
1: fight IQ is way better than most people. No, there's no doubt about that. In inside the cage, Tom will tell
0: incredibly you. Incredibly smart. <laughs> That's true. You will. Yeah, I will tell you. But I thought, like Sean O'Malley looked so good in that fight against Thomas Almeida. You know, he he was smooth. He was he he beat him twice. Let's be honest, man. He walked away on the first round, and then he got to walk away. He didn't walk away on the third round. He, he almost walked away. Lit him up. Yeah, he almost walked away though. Again, then he had jumped back in. Yeah, well, those.
1: Uh, I, look, I got a lot of flack. People were hitting me up in my DMs going, oh, man, you know, you don't give him any respect. You don't, Look, all I do is talk about how good he is. The problem is, though, is that he's got to make sure he doesn't he doesn't read his own paper clippings. He's got to stay focused on what the goal is. The goal is to be the best. He's not ranked in the top 15. He's lost to Chito Vera. Who is at the number 15? So well, I don't want to go patting him on the back too much. You're, he's not even in the top 15, you guys. He's got to. Chito Vera's fifteen. He just lost to him, so let's not jump him ahead of everybody else that's there. Do I think that the Dom fight is a great fight for him? I think it's a perfect fight for him. You're beating a legend that throws you right into the mix of getting in that top. You know. Oh,
0: look at you! You see, he's winning that fight.
1: No, I'm just saying, if he wins, it's-
0: <laughs>
1: do I think he'll win? He's got a chance. He does, he does. But Dom is not gonna. Dom is not gonna do what Almeida did. He's not gonna stand right in front of him and get hit. Dom's going to move left and right. Dom's going to wrestle, not wrestle. He's going to do all those things. Yeah. Can O'Malley deal with that? Can he deal with the switching of the stance? What the hardest thing is to deal with with Dom? Top veteran guys had a hard time dealing with his movement. A young, talented guy like him, he's going to have a hard time dealing with his movement. You don't realize how hard it is until you're in there going, fucking hold still so I can hit you. <laughs> you try and go with someone who's, who's got good footwork. And Dom's got good footwork, and he's going to use that against someone like Sean O'Malley. But, but let's be real. Sean O'Malley. Not,
0: I, I holy, think, did uh, you say Dom has good footwork? You don't think so? Dom's got crazy footwork. Yeah, it works for Dom. Yeah. Nobody else can do what Dom does. With the footwork. I mean, no. TJ. Uh, different. Little, different footwork. Different. It is. It's different. A little bit. Yeah. Got- Look, what what Dom does you don't see anybody else do because they they couldn't do it it, it would screw him up it just works for him because he created it you know and he makes it work yeah. but you if, if he tries to teach that to other guys and you see them trying to do it ain't gonna happen he's just got it, it it's ingrained in him the, his movement and when and why he does it yeah.
1: i don't think there's any rhyme or reason he just fucking free cuffs it <laughs> he just
0: that's <does> what <laughs> maybe it is man
1: but I, I think until sean o'malley was to get in there with dominic cruz he oh yeah he's very beatable but it becomes it's different casey kenny was a classic example i'm just gonna yeah. him down. i'm gonna get no it's not that easy you guys you and gotta,
0: he did try he tried to walk him down he just didn't understand at times you know when he was coming and all that and it made a difference in the fight it took away it took away a lot of casey kenny's offense
1: yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get a timing, a rhythm. If you change your angle, like we had talked about this before, right? The military tells you, or the police, is it the military
0: or the police? They, Both. Yeah, talking they, about anything. L ambushes, all those things. Somebody's
1: running right at you with a knife or a gun, right? To circle off, like basically two steps back and circle because your brain can't function enough to like still retaliate and try and track you. And Dom has done that to the key, like in, in, to the T in terms of Charlotte. Or the
0: key.
1: Yeah, to the key. The, Sean O'Malley will try to, to mount his offense. He's going to have a hard time because Dom will be over there and Dom will be over there. And Dom might be in the middle getting punched and Dom might be throwing something back. And so there's a lot going on. It's not just stand in front of me and fight. You know, that's, that's one of those things that like, if you go back and you guys watch the fight with uh, clay Guida and gray Maynard gray was so frustrated. I had to calm him down in the corner. I'm like, Stop. like You won't fucking fight me. You won't fight me. Let's go. He's calling him a pussy between rounds. He's Ugh. yelling at him. He fucking wouldn't shake his hand afterwards. He's like, get the fuck away from me. He was so pissed. Gray wins the fight, but he was so mad that he wouldn't stand and fight with him. Yeah. I was like, so that's the frustration level of a lot of people when they're yeah. by Dominic Cruz, and I so agree. I to call him out. I think it's a good call out. I just don't think that the UFC and I don't think Dom would take that fight. Be like, yeah, not really up my, up my alley.
0: I mean, no not at this point
1: i don't think that's uh, no i think if dom was supposed to fight somebody can you pull up the rankings there it would probably some, be somewhere in. i want to see the frankie egger fight sorry that's the fight that i want to see i want to see dom and frankie Edgar. yeah
0: well the, either that or dom and and jose alba
1: yeah that's another one i would uh, like to see that yeah that's another one all right what else you got for us legend fights that's it for news, that's it for news huh man you you ruined the show. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in and use the promo code 100K and check out our plethora of shirts. If you guys use that promo code 100K, you guys will see all the two cool designs that we have up there. We have a new one that's the black and white one that's been out for probably about a month now. We've got all the old school ones. The, my favorite one, honestly, is our original logo. I love that one, even though I'm very thankful for our new logo. But the OG is the OG and you cannot be replaced. Sorry. The first one, and Obi's the first. There you go. See, it's right up there behind John. I love Bingo. it. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, use the promo code 100k. Also, please hit the subscribe button when you guys hit the subscribe button, uh, and hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos out to everybody else, so that puts us above Ariel and DC and Chael and everybody else that has an MMA show. So, we're trying to grow. Just remember, okay. I know there's a lot of gossip and stuff going on with Ariel and DC, and they've got these like fake belts that they bought on (laughs) Kmart.com. Remember, they're the tag team champions, right? The tag team champions have nothing on the heavyweight world champions. We are the heavyweight world champions. We have the number one belt tag teams. That's like usually for the smaller people that are like the B level people. Okay. So we understand where they're at. We get it they're not at our level. It's okay. They've got ESPN backing them and they still can't get their microphones. Right. So just let's dial it down. I want everyone to understand every time you state, they, they post something on Twitter or Instagram, I want you to put, and still weighing in. Okay.
0: Oh, I like
1: that. Like weighing in and still hashtag and still every and still. time they post something, you guys go on there and say, weighing in tag us in it and put, and still, Okay, hashtag and still want to thank you guys for that. Hit that little bell off to the bottom right. That gives you the notifications of when we drop our shows. These uh these Wednesday shows we're playing with sometimes. Okay, guys, and uh, we want to thank you guys for this weekend, man. This uh, Sunday show was absolutely amazing. You guys killed it and crushed it. I think we did hundred and forty, 130,000 views in 24 hours. That was amazing, and we want to thank you guys for that. You guys are helping us get to our number, so we appreciate you guys. John, what else you got?
0: I have the whole ending that I always do coming. I just don't know how to do it. So I'm just going to say, Joshua, see ya.